0: Well, good morning everyone. Welcome to Heathervale. Come on, Mum, hurry up. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) It's great. We're all family here, aren't we? (laughs) Uh, Lovely to see you all this morning. Um, Amazing that we can come and worship our God here today. Um, I'm going to give a notice at the beginning because I'm a bear of very little brain and I forget things very easily. Um, Just to say that um, we had noticed this morning that Janet Mills has unfortunately broken her hip. Um, and she's currently in Crete. Is it Crete? Cyprus, Cyprus. It was over there somewhere. All right, so she's in Cyprus. Um, so uh, prayers really that everything gets sorted, um, please. So if you can remember Janice in your prayers uh, today, um, but yes, that can't be very easy for her. So um, just prayers that everything gets sorted. <sighs> anyway, so, um welcome to all of you who are here this morning here in the sanctuary and those on Zoom give me a wave. Nice to see you all this morning. Um and just pray that you'll have a wonderful time in God's house today. Um Martin will be coming to speak to us um later on from Psalm 2. Um and you'll notice that we have liberally spread out the tambourines Woo-hoo. so you're able to help us in worship if you want to. There's flags here as well. If you want to wave a flag, it would help if you wave flags. It's quite warm in here this morning. So, uh, if you're waving flags, it's 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 like it's like the old versions of fans. (laughs) Anyway, um, let's let's just start with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you that we can come and give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. Awake our souls to sing you now. To you now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and let's raise our voices.
1: Thank you. us in so many different ways that's what you do lord you bless us every day lord we're here because you've blessed us we're here because of your grace we don't deserve to be here but you draw us to yourself lord just thank you we can worship as part of your body lord in this place lord to know you to know your spirit is working amongst us working through us working in us lord you're an amazing god and we just want to say we love you lord we love you lord hallelujah praise your holy name
2: amen
3: conformity or social convention put our money in the required bowls and we go home thinking that's over now and we can feast so what do we offer you what we could offer you I pray for church trust I pray that we could give each other the pin numbers of our bank accounts and rest easy that they were never going to be abused. I pray that we could never be in fear of what another here may do that would be wrong to any individual here. So I pray for us all. What are we waiting for? Are we waiting for another lifetime? Are we waiting for one day? Praying that we don't go home from here today disappointed either in ourselves. I'm praying here today experience together that the rest so i'm praying that on monday that we hardly remember what's happened here i'm praying that we'll always remember it what are we i ask some of us messing about at now when is it we're gonna get it on You take out what you put in. I'm praying for us all to become like Latter-day Moses. I'm praying for us all to get about as close to Christ as his adopted sons and daughters as we can get. I'm praying that we don't go home here resting easy, that we've got all this other money in our bank accounts. That we can look at what's going on in the world and thinking what well, i feel sorry for those guys but i don't have to kind of worry about it i can put my money in a pot you know and hopefully it goes towards sorting them out so i pray i pray for us all to stop and think about what we're really do, supposed to be doing here i pray for judgments to end, and let the Lord's judgment be enough for us. I pray that we come into a time because we have so much potential here that's hardly tax, that we really can think ourselves children of God. Amen.
4: Heaven, where we'll see your face and never cease to thank you for your grace, and we know that that's true and we thank you for that. But Lord, it's also true that in our time here on earth, we should never forget your grace to us. It's not just in heaven that we should be thanking you for it. We thank you now, Lord, for your grace and your love and your mercy that you pour out on each one of us. Help us never to forget to thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Sure of what we hope for and certain of the things unseen. So, Lord, we thank you that you are working in the background, even when we don't see it, even when we're not necessarily feeling it, Lord, but you are working, you are moving. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, that we would not lose heart and and become hopeless, but that our hope would always, always remain in you, Mm -hmm. that we would never lose you as our first love, Lord, that our eyes will always be fixed on you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that your mercies are new every morning, that your love never fails us, that your grace abounds, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that we can live In communion with you that we no longer live apart from you but that we live in communion with you and you never leave or forsake us Jesus we thank you Lord that you are working you are moving because you said in your word and by faith we will believe it even if circumstances don't look like the way we think they should look but we trust you Lord because we know that you are faithful and he who started a work will be faithful to complete it in Jesus name
2: become a sounding brass or a uh, tinking symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remem- remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, I have no not charity, It profiteth me nothing charity so suffer suffereth long. And is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not. Itself is not puffed up. Doth not believe. Itself unseemly seeketh. Not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoice not in antiquity, but rejoice in the truth. Beareth all the things. Believeth all the things. Hopeth all the things. Endureth all the things. Charity never faileth. but now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity; these things, but the greatest of these is charity.
5: Mm. Yeah. Some words from Psalms. Why
3: do people rage and imagine vile things? Kings and rulers gather together and scoff at the Lord's name. The Lord, of course, laughs at this wickedness. His divine throne will last forever. This day is coming. He will find his enemies and destroy them. Jesus did not exalt himself, but was appointed by God, whose voice declared, this is my son, listen to him. An everlasting priest who for all who acknowledge his name. In Christ's strength, a king might rejoice, but all the wicked of the earth will be counted as dross. Seek the Lord while you may and take refuge in His steadfast love. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Amen ya dawa sibi yenum se enye ya ho da ne anyansa ye biblia afi shaase yakoe djuma ya ba ba nyenyina na eti mbexia wa hanum sunday sunday se ya bexia wa hanum ne iradi ya be somwa ye mpaibon se iradi ma anyansa na ma ye spirit ni eti wa asem na se we ni esre wo yesu christo djunti amen
0: Okay.
5: Amen. I'd like to
0: just ask Jen if she'd like to just come and share. Um, so I got a message this week asking, uh, saying that Jen had a, a, a word that she wanted to share with us. So over to you. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay.
0: With fear and trepidation.
6: song were give me the grace to do what is right so <laughs> um the psalm that we is this uh, audible uh the psalm has really challenged me it really has it's delight and meditate in the lord day and night and i struggle with that i'm so busy and i race around everywhere and i think i want to meditate on the lord day and night so i've really been working on this um Very early uh, Tuesday morning, I was preparing stuff for group and God just kept bringing stuff to mind. And um, I shared, actually, I'm just going to play this, Martin. I sent Martin a message and I'm not good at, I, I panic when I get up here. So I'm going to just play the message I sent Martin, okay? Tell me if you can hear it. Oh, for goodness sake. See what I'm like with
5: technology, nothing works. Okay, that's not working. Right, I'm going
6: to have to wing it. Um, Basically, the gist of it is... uh... Oh, hang on, it's coming. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What's this about being foolish for
5: the Lord? Okay. (laughs) Right, let me try and get
6: these words into context. Um, Basically, I was preparing for group and there was this great sense that I needed to uh, really meditate on God's word. And as I say, it's a struggle for me. Um, I was praying a lot and then I found myself just saying two words in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues is something I've done for years, but I can never ever retain or remember what has been said. It just happens and the words are there. And in this particular case, these words kept coming to mind and it was, I think, Sharia shamia, Sharia shamia, Sharia shamia. And I had no idea what that meant, but I knew that I needed to find out what it meant. And so I did my technology thing. And I tried googling it and had absolutely no luck at all, just said nothing. So I went, Okay, Lord, if you want me to know what it is, you'll have to tell me and I carried on with my day. About an hour later, I was in the bathroom cleaning my teeth and the words immerse yourselves came to mind, just three times exactly the same immerse yourselves, immerse yourselves, immerse yourselves. And I went, Okay, I can share that with group tell them we need to really immerse ourselves in God's word so that we can learn and and learn to do what we're meant to do i'm really getting this all wrong um so i shared it with my group and sally said maybe you need to share that with martin for the wider church and i went yeah but i'm like joan i like to run away when god challenges me and i kind of ran away so for two days i ignored this and the next morning i got the same thing and then the following morning i was walking along by the river and god just said to me you've got to share this with the wider church so i sent Martin a message, easy message done, hoping he would take it from there. But he didn't. <laughs> Came back two words, share this with the church. And I went, no, Lord, no, I don't want to do this. I ramble, I'm not good up here. But this is who I am. So I sent that to message, uh, that message to Martin, share it with the church, immerse yourselves, immerse yourselves. Now that straightaway worried me again, because immerse yourself day and night, we too busy. But god said be intentional about it when you sit down to read the word or to do psalms or to pray be intentional immerse yourselves in what you're doing don't just do a tick box exercise you know i've read my readings for today and rush on with the day immerse yourselves in his word he still wasn't finished because the for friday i was dashing past my daughter's pool and god stopped me again and made me look at the pool and it was like what now and he said, if you say you're going to swim and you sit by the pool, are you swimming? If you dip your toes in, are you swimming? Immerse yourself in the pool, then you've swum. The same thing with when we read God's word and we pray, we can't just flip through, do a quick reading Yeah, we're done, immerse ourselves. So basically that's the word for you all, immerse yourselves and take it whatever. Sorry about my rambling. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Jen. Thank you for sharing that. And I wouldn't be a good Baptist if I didn't say it. It also could mean that if you haven't been baptized, (laughs) immerse yourselves. (laughs) I had to get that one in there. Sorry. (laughs) But again, it is true. It's not a case of just a quick sprinkling. When we're baptised in Jesus, we're fully immersed. Um, but yes, thank you for sharing that, Jen. So, um, I was going to say it's time for the children to go, but there are no children here. So it's not time for anybody to, unless anybody else wants to leave and go. And, no, anyway, <laughs> um, just to say that I know it is warm in here. So there is water at the back. So. Uh, Martin or any of us won't be upset if you get up in the middle and go to the back and get yourself a glass of water. Please do partake of that if you need it, um, because it is very warm in
5: here today. Uh, Can we have the reading, please? So this
0: is Psalm 2. So we're continuing on a, a summer series in the Psalms. Why did the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? Let's just thank God for his word and pray for Martin as he comes to speak. I'll also pray for the offering at the same time, because I always forget to do that. But the offering doesn't have to come in to the front. It's been given. God knows where it is. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that it is life to us. Thank you that all scripture is God-breathed and, Lord, used for our teaching, used to hone us, used to change us. And so, Lord, help us to immerse ourselves in your word this morning. Pray for Martin as he comes to speak that, Lord, you would just anoint him again, that we may hear from you. Pray, Lord, for the offering that's been given this morning and through bank accounts. Lord, thank you that you use that money wisely. You give us wisdom to use it. And so we pray that you would just help us to see your kingdom extended here in New Newhall and to the ends of the earth. For we bless your holy name.
5: Amen.
7: Thanks, Steve. You all okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. it's great to have an African dialect in prayer this morning. Thank you for that. That was wonderful. Bless you for that. I picked up spirit in there, but maybe sometime you'll tell us what you were saying. That would be great. But that was wonderful to hear that. Was that Ghanaian, by the way? Bless you. Thank you for that. Wonderful. Isn't that great? Yeah. Lovely. Um, just to say, next next saturday uh really exciting we've got our second worship evening uh in the lounge at seven o'clock which abby led uh last time and uh, she's leading again and we're really excited about this because it's it was a wonderful wonderful evening and uh, we're expecting the same again to meet with god to come together as family just to wait on the lord to pray god did some really exciting things last time and he's and he'll do the same again um, we had prayer for each other. Uh, we had lots of singing, and we just—it was just great to be in the presence of the Lord. And God brought us prophecy. Um, he He spoke to us, and it was wonderful. And uh, we expect no less when we meet again. So come along next Saturday, seven o'clock and next weekend, because she's also playing on Sunday morning as well. So pray for Abby that her voice holds out uh, all weekend. But bless you, Abby. be for doing all in case you're wondering because we did psalm one last week somebody's just said to me are we doing all 150 three years worth no we're, we're doing about 12 just in case you're wondering so we're doing one two three and then we're jumping on a bit from there but uh yeah just just in case you were wondering uh honor the king honor jesus the king According to Open Doors, uh, Christianity is the most persecuted global religion that's widely attested by secular organisations as well. More than 5600 Christians were killed for their faith area. More than 124,000 Christians were forcibly displaced from their homes because of their faith 15, careful about headlines caricaturing refugees because many of them are Christians. Be very careful with tabloids. Sam uh, worked in, in the Calais camp a couple of weeks ago and he came across so many Christians in these camps and violence. We need to be very careful with news headlines
8: because they're very biased. I'm just going to throw that out there. Who asks is as relevant today as when this Psalm was written. Verse one, why do the nation's rage each counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed?
7: Christianity is the most persecuted global religion. This is happening, this psalm is happening today around the world. Reality. We might be tempted to ask, as the people in, in the temple who were using this psalm might have asked, is God still in control in a world where Christians are persecuted by evil rulers? Or we might be tempted to ask, is God powerful enough to deal with all this persecution
8: or we might ask why is it that we to have so much influence and power in the world well these are the sorts of questions that this psalm is addressing this is incredible the first answer to the questions is is God in control
7: and is he powerful enough? Is this first answer the nations rebel, but God has a plan. The nations rebel, but God has a plan. Um, this is this these verses are a picture of rulers and kings, other nations around Israel, plotting against Israel's king. Now, every time there was a coronation of a new king david or solomon the nations would begin to rally and conspire and plot against israel's king because there was a new king on the throne and they were seeking to exploit um, the change in throneship as it were now this is significant because god's reign on earth was mediated through israel's king so God was said to be residing in Jerusalem through his presence with King David. So the throne of David was tied up with God's authority and presence in Jerusalem, in the, in the temple. So when the nations plotted against Jerusalem and King David, they were plotting against God himself because that's where God's presence was and authority was. And these kings plotting against King David and the throne in Jerusalem, is a picture of people rebelling against God's reign and rule. They're wanting to throw off the chains and fetters of God's rule mediated through the king. Verse 3.
8: Let us burst their bonds, these kings say, and cast their cords from us.
7: They want to break free of god's reign over them this is a picture isn't it of um human rebellion on the earth against god um do you remember back in the garden with adam and eve adam and eve were told to rule over creation subdue it and uh, look after it steward the creation on god's behalf god was the king over all the earth but if you like adam and eve and were eve were god's vice regents Those humans called to serve and rule over creation on God's behalf. And God was a loving creator king. He said, enjoy all the fruits of the creation. You you just enjoy all these trees and animals. Enjoy everything I've given to you. Steward and care for and cultivate the earth and enjoy it all. But there's just one boundary that I as your king are setting. You shall not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, you are not to be God. You are not to usurp God's knowledge and authority. You are to live under God's reign as king. You are to be vice regents, to reign on his behalf. But of course, Adam and Eve uh, chose under the temptation of the serpent to break free, just like these kings did, to break free, to cast the cords of God's loving reign over them aside and they chose independence from God they chose to reject God's reign they wanted to be like God as one scholar puts it they de-godded God they wanted to put themselves in God's position did they thrive and flourish by rejecting God quite the opposite they were expelled from the garden frustration entered into creation violence cycles of violence came into their experience and into their descendants they were ashamed they were guilty they were lonely isolated from god and this is a picture of human rebellion against god ever since adam and eve first sinned human beings have rebelled and rejected god as king and as a result people are find their lives frustrating empty People don't flourish when they reject God. Have you noticed that? They may um, do well in their career. They may uh, get a lot of money, but they don't flourish. Um, a few weeks ago, we met up with uh, uh, some of my friends in London. I was my first university degree, and uh, we've kept in touch, and some of them are really flourishing. One of them's got a, a really successful business. He's not a Christian. And I said, how are you doing? And he said, I'm conflicted. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, on the outside, I appear to be doing okay. On the inside, I'm totally messed up. And another guy was talking about how he's trying to find happiness in different ways. So he, he's a teacher in London, doing very well on the senior leadership team. And uh, he, he, him and his wife moved to Spain for a year. Now they're talking about moving down to Cornwall um basically we said well you know what why Cornwall?" he said we're just just trying to find a happier life and they live in teddington which is a very leafy part of london (laughs) you know i I, you come across people that they they're doing okay they're doing well and yet there's this search for more meaning more joy more purpose more happiness more contentment than they've got and what they're saying is that without God, people will not flourish as they were created to flourish. You might have money, you might have a great career, but you will not flourish because you will not be content when you reject the kingship of the creator. You see, you and
8: I as human beings were made to live under God's good rule. That's how God set it up. I wonder, have you submitted to God's reign and
7: rule over your life? Have you invited Jesus as king into your heart and life? Why don't you do that today? Uh, David was a pretty good king, wasn't he, for most of his life. Um, I'll leave that for Psalm 51 in a couple of weeks for you to find out where he went badly wrong.
8: But none of the rulers of Israel ever restored God's kingdom rule you see
7: God allowed a king to be on the throne in Jerusalem as an expression of his desire to restore the kingdom but none of them restored the kingdom effectively did they because they were sinners themselves David was described as a man after God's own heart but boy did he go wrong
8: none of them restored God's kingdom reign on earth that had been lost Through Adam and Eve.
7: But Jesus lived a perfect life of obedience to God. This psalm is a prophetic psalm that points forward to King Jesus. It's it's the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. Did you know that? It's quoted over and over again in the New Testament. After Jesus had risen and ascended back to heaven, the early church in Acts chapter 4 prayed Psalm 2. Did you know that? They prayed in Acts 4. Why did the nations conspire against the Lord? Why did the nations plot and all the rest of it? When Peter and John had been imprisoned by the Jewish ruling authorities, they came out of prison, they found the church, and the church prayed Psalm 2. The people, the Jewish rulers were plotting against the Lord, Jesus, and his followers. And they prayed, Lord, stretch out your hand to do wonders and signs and miracles and, and help us to speak for you. And the Lord anointed them with his spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly because they recognized that Jesus was the king whom this psalm prophesied about, that he was on the throne and that they could have boldness and power through him. You see, Jesus is the one who God chose, God's son chose to come and to restore God's kingdom on earth that had been lost by Adam and Eve and by the fall. And ever since, men and women have been turning to King Jesus for new life so that they can flourish. Over 2.6 billion people on this planet now confess that Jesus is king, the largest global religion and the most persecuted one. What about you? Have you turned to King Jesus yet? Have you submitted to his reign and rule? Why don't you speak to someone after the service and pray with them? The second answer to the question, is God in control and is he still powerful enough, is King Jesus is reigning today from heaven. Verse four, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury saying as for me i have set my king on
8: zion my holy hill human rulers may laugh and mock and even do physically persecute christians all of little value god laughs with derision
7: at these called powerful rulers who persecute his people.
8: Because God has installed his holy king on Mount Zion. Despite appearances in the world, the king, King Jesus, is reigning. Um, We see Peter preaching.
7: Um, from heaven in Acts chapter 3 verse 21 this is what he says that he the Christ appointed for you Jesus whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring of all the things in other words Jesus is reigning now from heaven one day he will come again to restore all things now that's significant because it tells us that the kingdom has come in the person of Jesus when Jesus came to earth he healed the sick he cast out demons he called people to follow him and as people followed him the kingdom was growing on earth when Jesus rose from the dead and ascended back to heaven he's described as now reigning from heaven but you you and I might be thinking why then if Jesus is reigning is Christianity the most persecuted religion on the face of the planet? Why do human rulers appear to be getting away with their persecution? Where is this God who holds evil rulers and laughs at them with derision? Where is evidence of this, you might say?
8: Well, God's kingdom is growing now on the earth, but is yet to fully come.
7: Um, I've used this illustration before, but it it kind of is helpful. Um, The kingdom is both now and not yet. Uh, I think it was Oscar Kuhlmann was the first theologian back in the 60s to use this illustration, so I'm borrowing this, but I think it's helpful. Historians recognize that D-Day was a turning point in the Allied forces' victory over the German forces. It wasn't the case that after D-Day, all the battles suddenly stopped. Peace only came sometime later with VE day or perhaps V-J-Day, if you prefer. But D-Day was a turning point. The outcome of victory was secure after D-Day. Even though the skirmishes and battles continued, the outcome from that point on was secure, certain. Allied forces were certain to win. And the same applies to the reign of King Jesus. The cross and resurrection was the D-Day, the t- turning point in history. Victory was assured from that point onwards. We still await the E-Day, don't we? The return of Jesus. Jesus is currently reigning from heaven and he's coming again to bring his kingdom to fullness, to consummation. Until then, Rulers will laugh and scoff at Christians. There will be persecution. There will be injustice and oppression on the earth. But we have had a decisive turning point in history with the cross and resurrection. King Jesus is reigning and one day will bring his reign fully on earth. That's good news, isn't it? Uh, Third answer to the question, is God still in control and is he powerful enough? Is Jesus is the conquering king. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today, I have begotten you. These words were originally spoken, it's believed by scholars to King David at his coronation as King of Israel. David was begotten as a son of God. Uh, You don't hear begotten too often these days, do you? At Christmas, we sing that Wesley uh, carol, begotten, not created, don't we? And everybody goes, I wonder what that means, including me. That's a good catch, wasn't it? Thank you. Begotten can mean created or generated. But in this sense, it means a new phase or new form develops. So King David became God's son with a small s when he was coronated as king to reign over Israel on God's behalf. He became, if you like, an adopted son who had authority to reign over Israel on God's behalf. And that was in fulfillment of a prophecy through Nathan in 2 Samuel 7, that God would always have a king on the throne of David for eternity. So, in other words, one of David's descendants would always reign over Israel for eternity. And David had authority to bring God's discipline and justice to the nations through his reign. But we know, of course, that David didn't successfully bring about this discipline and judgment because he himself was flawed. And so Paul, in Acts chapter 13, 33, quotes Psalm 2, verse 7, this very uh, psalm, to show how Jesus was the fulfillment of God's begotten son with a capital s right look look at this acts 13 this he has fulfilled to us their children by raising Jesus as also it is written in the second psalm there it is you are my son today I have begotten you what on earth does that mean well I got in I got my systematic theology books out this week and begotten you can you can go down all kinds of rabbit holes with this one if you want to have fun with begotten go ahead and fill your boots <laughs> spend hours on this one um so, by the way the ESV uh, translation here is the correct one um in the NIV it says today I have become your son that's not helpful because it makes it sound as though Jesus sort of became God's son well that's heresy isn't it one of the oldest heresies in the book. Jesus was always the eternal son of God. In this context, begotten or beget means to enter into a new phase or new form of fulfillment. So when Jesus rose from the dead and ascended back to heaven, he took on the form of God's eternal king in fulfillment of the Old Testament promises. He was begotten into a new role as the eternal Son of God reigning from heaven through
8: his ascension. That's what begotten means. Jesus is reigning today from heaven. Jesus has been given
7: all authority and power by God to reign over the nations and the world. And so God invites King Jesus in verse 8 to ask for the nations as his possession. Verse 8, ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. Jesus has perfectly fulfilled this promise. And in the future, John in the book of Revelation prophesies that the kingdom of the world will come fully under the reign of Jesus. Look at this. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And those who continue to trust in Jesus till the end will reign with Christ, will rule over the nations with him. Revelation 2.26, the one who conquers and who keeps my words until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. So if you keep running the race of faith, One day you will reign over the nations with Jesus. You will have authority with Jesus to judge the nations. And John in his revelation then shows how together with Jesus, we as his people will fulfill Psalm 2 verse 9. Here it is. And he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces. We will judge the nations with Christ as his people. Jesus has authority to rule over the nations. and One day we'll do that perfectly. But until then, authority and power has been given to Jesus. And do you know what Jesus says to us, his disciples, as he said to his early disciples? Matthew 28, here's the challenge, folks. Here's the application. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what are we got to do, folks? go and make disciples of who? All nations, nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. You see, because Jesus is reigning and ruling from heaven, because all, all authority and power has been given to him, he says to you and me, get on with the job. The nations are mine but you've got to go and claim them in my name. You've got to go into your community and call men and women and children to faith in Jesus because Jesus wants them to submit to him as Lord and King, right? There's the punch, there's the application. We can't just say, oh, the book of Revelation, we've read the end of the book and Jesus wins and we'll all stand in all the nations before the throne and go, thank you very much. I'm going to sit on my hands and watch TV. Go and make disciples of all nations. The reason that Jesus gives us these promises of power and authority is he wants us to go confidently in the knowledge that he has won the victory and that the nations belong to him. We're not doing something that he hasn't promised will be successful, right? We read in Revelation 7 that before the throne there will be a multitude too numerous to count from every nation language group ethnicity before the throne shouldn't that give us confidence to go out into our community and preach the gospel shouldn't it it's kind of a big bit of a hint here there's a there's a success that's promised to us but we have to enter into our commission we have to obey don't we obey king jesus The future, the past, the present belong to King Jesus.
8: Will we go in that confidence, in his power and authority to obey? Uh,
7: John in the book of Revelation quotes Psalm 2 again. I'm only giving you a, a, a very quick flavor here of all the references. There are hundreds, by the way. It's rifled with Revelation and Acts and everything else. One day, Jesus will return... As the victorious warrior warrior king on a white horse, bringing victory over all the nations. Revelation 19, 11 and 15. Here it is. Then I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. and And in righteousness he judges and makes war. Putin may look powerful today, but there is one coming who is far more powerful who will hold Putin and all evil oppressive rulers to account, and he will judge them if they do not repent in this
8: life and hold them to account. Verse 15. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down
7: the nations, and he will ru- rule them with an iron, a, a rod of iron. Do you see Psalm 2 there again? There it is, quoted by John in Revelation. Revelation. Jesus is returning and he will rule the nations with a rod of iron. He will bring his justice, his judgments. We find all this talk of justice and judgment a bit strange in our Western comfortable culture. Sort of, if you were a Christian in Nigeria, this would be good news because you are being persecuted. You want to know that there's a king, a judge, who will one day hold your oppressors to account. Do you see? We're so comfortable and complacent, we don't see the power and punch of this text. That's why we should pray for our brothers and sisters in the persecuted church, that they'd be able to hold on to these wonderful promises. Fourth answer to the question, is God in control and is he powerful enough is King Jesus is coming again for a day of judgment, verse 10. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. God is patient, even with arrogant, rebellious, powerful, oppressive rulers, including Putin and others. He's, He's patient because he wants to give people an opportunity to repent
8: and turn to him and submit to him as king. The phrase, kiss the sun, lest he be angry,
7: demotes in the ancient Near Eastern world people kneeling down and
8: kissing the feet of the king in homage and respect. Um, In our
7: informal evangelical culture, we've lost often haven't we a sense of paying homage of holy reverence and awe for Jesus the king we kind of drift in and out of his presence as if he's our best mate nothing wrong with saying Jesus is your friend but we've got to remember who what kind of friend he is he's not just a friend he's also the king He's the Holy One. He's the eternal Son of God who demands our homage, our awe, our respect. We need to hold those two in balance. The challenge comes to us today, and this is where I'm going to leave this. Will we serve and pay homage to the King, to King Jesus? First of all, how do you pay homage to King Jesus? Well, first of all, you trust that he is sovereign and reigning over the world. Because if you don't, you will be anxious and fearful about the future, right? If you don't believe that God is truly king over the whole earth and that he has a plan to come again and bring all things under the the submission to Christ, you will be overly anxious and fearful about the future. You will worry about everything in life.
8: That's not honoring And serving the king that's not trusting in God's promises
7: now don't hear me wrong there's nothing wrong with having a holy discontent about the state of the world there's nothing wrong with praying your kingdom come your will be done nothing wrong with getting agitated and riled by some of the injustice that you see but let it drive you to your knees in prayer Let's spend less time writing about these things and praying about them, right?
8: Because God is the only one who can sort them out. He's the only one who can bring his kingdom on earth. So trust in King Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever.
7: That's what Hebrews says. He's in control. He's sovereign. He's coming again. Do you believe that? Or do you believe sky news i wouldn't if i was you i'll tell you we, we've turned off uh news in the morning we've we've done away with it and do you know what we're a load more happy right We just got rid of it not interested i just i can catch up on a with news in about three seconds on an app the headlines and pray into that i don't need to watch the news on telly and make myself anxious and fearful about all kinds of nonsense. Again, it's what um, Jen was saying, less time on the stuff that doesn't matter, and more time meditating on the promises of God will do your soul good, and will mean that you'll trust in Jesus the King. Meditate on the things that are lovely and pure and good for your soul, not on the anxiety and the fear that the media are
8: constantly putting out there. We're bombarded with nonsense, aren't we, on a daily basis from the media.
7: Uh, Second way to serve and honor King Jesus and to kiss his feet is to obey the Great Commission. Sorry, folks, I'm going there. (laughs) all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations it's not just for the 12 disciples it's for all of us all of us all Christians go and make disciples because Jesus has been given all authority and power and he sends us in his authority and power so if you're in the business of making Jesus known don't give
8: up when it's hard Jesus has a plan to save people in your family, your workplace. And he wants to use
7: you and me. Isn't that wonderful? Don't give up preaching the gospel in the activities that you run, youth clubs and senior Saturday. Keep preaching it
8: because the people need to be warned that the king is coming again. It'll be too late after he comes, won't it? <laughs> so let's
7: keep preaching. Preaching. Let's keep making disciples. Let's keep the main
8: thing, the main thing, until the sun comes again. I think you're getting it, aren't you? Let's pray. (laughs) Jesus,
7: thank you that you are the king. Thank you that you are the one who is reigning and ruling from heaven. And thank you for that wonderful promise that D-Day has happened Through the cross and resurrection, Jesus, a decisive turning point has happened, and we await with joy the final victory when you come again. Jesus, fill us with your spirit today. Fill us with confidence in you. Lord, may your perfect love cast out all fear in us. Give us a boldness, Lord, to go in the confidence that the nations have been won already by you, Jesus but you call us to partner with you in bringing in the harvest. Jesus, you've commissioned us to go and make disciples. Give us confidence to ask for your authority and power through your Holy Spirit. Lord, we come before you and we say, we submit to you as King, Jesus. We love you, we choose to serve you, we choose to make you known in our families, amongst our friends, and in our community. Use even me, Lord, to make disciples. For the glory of Christ.
8: Amen. Amen. Steve.
5: Well, let's stand and sing our last
0: song. Come, set your rule and reign. Come, set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray.
1: Unveil why we're made Come, set our hearts again.
0: your kingdom. Set this nation on fire for you, Lord, So we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.